All right. Welcome to some uh, goodies on a solo episode of Inappropriate Earl. I've been getting a lot of uh, tweets and messages asking me to do a review of uh, SummerSlam and, of course, uh, Monday Night Raw, which was packed full of surprises. Uh, I think you know which surprise that I was most excited about, but uh, and if you hear a squeaky toy in the background, that's my dog Lois. She's fired up right now. Um, but uh, we'll do a brief uh, SummerSlam review. Um, you know, their annual, uh, one of their biggest pay-per-views, I think, you know, is Survivor Series, SummerSlam, uh, Royal Rumble, and uh, obviously WrestleMania. I would say those are the, uh, probably the two, three or four, biggest uh, pay-per-views then you've got uh, others that just don't quite hold uh, the cachet the name brand cachet of of those four you know like uh, night of champions and you know hell in the cell is good but you know it's not great um but uh, just briefly my thoughts on SummerSlam. uh you know just a lot of bad finishes man and you know, when one of the best matches involves uh, some dude on a show I don't watch, that's not a good sign, you know. When you have a non-wrestler be one of the most talked about parts of the, the whole pay-per-view, that's just Vince, Triple H, Stephanie, that's not good. You know, uh started out pretty good, you know, Sheamus and uh, Randy Orton, you know. Good opener, uh, although... I think the crowd uh, really was still excited from the NXT uh, card that took place the night before. And I'm not sure if the WWE should do that. You know, you've got uh, NXT, which is like the hot new brand, full of young and hungry uh, guys and girls trying to make it to WWE. So it's a very uh, good product, to be honest with you. I know that I shit on the WWE a lot for their main card product because it's awful for the most part. Um, certainly some good things on it, but uh, by and large, it's just it's just not good. And I think that is directly uh, one of the reasons is, frankly, they have no competition. You know, you can have Jon Stewart, you know, do a run-in, and it's just like, well, you don't like it, don't watch it. You know, which sucks because back in the day you could, all right, well, if I don't like the WWE product, guess what? I'm going to watch WCW. Uh, but Vince and the crew were smart. They basically bought out all their competition. TNA is not, you know, really, uh, it's not really worth buying. <laughs> I don't think they care. Um, although they certainly did just uh, buy one of their stars, Samoa Joe, who's in NXT now probably be on the uh, WWE uh, roster someday soon. But, uh, you know, just, I mean, when you have one of your biggest pay-per-view cards and there's a lot of, you know, so-so matches on it, and uh, it's not good. I mean, you know, SummerSlam should be one of your best cards of the year outside of maybe WrestleMania. But it was not. So, uh you know, Orton and Sheamus did uh, about as good as they could. 
you know, I'm not a big uh, Seamus fan for some reason. Uh, and I love Randy Orton. So I don't like seeing Randy Orton do the job to Seamus. But uh, I guess it shows he's a company guy. Because I'm assuming he has enough clout to say, uh, I don't think so. So uh, good for Randy Orton. You know, I thought Randy Orton should have been the first guy Sting fought. But, uh, you know, we'll talk about Sting later. And then uh, car, uh, fight number two was uh, the New Day, Big E and Kofi Kingston with uh, Xavier Woods. Uh, they went up against the primetime players, Darren Young, Titus O'Neil, the Lucha Dragons, Kalisto and Sankara, and uh, Los Matadors with uh, Fernando and uh, El Torito. Uh, you know, New Day won, you know, Good match. I mean, all those guys are good wrestlers, but I just, I don't know. I mean, New Day is really known more for their dance moves than uh, they're kind of like Rikishi, you know. I don't think you can name their finisher, name any of their uh, big moves. But, uh, you know, I mean, I I guess the tag team uh, division is pretty strong. And uh, certainly uh, with the seemingly... uh, the next night on Monday Night Raw, the addition of the Dudleys, you know, could could get better. But, uh, you know, Dudleys are a little long in the tooth, to say the least, if not less. So, uh, you know, real briefly on the other matches, you had uh, Dolph Ziggler uh, with the beautiful Lana and uh, Rusev with Summer Rae. Uh, this was probably the first... Uh, Bad finish of the night, and uh, unfortunately, it uh, would not be the only bad finish of the night. Uh, it was a double count out, and uh, it, it just, uh, I don't know. It, it the, You know, once again, this is with the other uh, bad finishes on the card. Uh, they ruin a good match with these wacky finishes. I mean, Rusev and Ziggler, you know... They have good chemistry, and it's like wh- why you wouldn't have a clean finish is, is beyond me. I mean, I guess with these crazy, you know, wonky double count-out finishes, uh, you know, you extend the feud, but, uh, you know, you could just have one guy win, next guy wins, and, you know, go back and forth, and then it culminates at like WrestleMania or something. I mean, Dolph Ziggler's an amazing worker, and Rusev, for a big guy, is really good. Um, and of course they both have hot, um, managers, you know, I mean, Lana's stunning and Summer Rae is, uh, beautiful, but, uh, you know, it just kind of, a left me limp, so to speak, pardon the pun, because, uh, Lana or Summer Rae, I have a feeling don't leave too many guys limp. And then, uh, here's the match that just... I don't know, kind of a wacky uh, tag team match with uh, Stephen uh, Arneal, the actor, and Neville, who's uh, quite talented, defeat uh, Stardust and King Barrett. That's got to make Stardust and King Barrett feel good that they're doing the job to an actor, who was pretty good, to be honest with you. But, you know, once again, you know, it's like if if you put a wrestler in a movie and he's the best actor, that's not good for the movie. So when you put a actor in a wrestling ring and he does some of the better spots, that can't be too good for your product. Uh, and especially you have two really good wrestlers in Stardust and King Barrett. 
Wade Barrett uh, do the job. But, uh, you know, hey, I don't think I could ever uh, be hired. I think I would be fired by the WWE in two seconds because I would be like, um, this doesn't really make sense. So, uh, you know, I'm sorry, Vince. But, uh, you know, I just think that, I don't know. I mean, I don't watch the show The Arrow. So, you know, what the hell do I know? And then, uh, you know, we've got Ryback defeating The Big Show and The Miz. And Ryback seems to go back and forth with these uh, pushes. And, you know, I, you know, it seems like sometimes they, they try and make him be like the new Goldberg. And, uh, you know, just for whatever reason, it doesn't... Uh, doesn't happen. I mean, I know he had the severe staph infection. Um, but, you know, what I liked about this match was it was brief. It was very uh, quick, you know, under five-minute match. And, uh, you know, I, I think the WWE just doesn't know what to do with the big show. You know, he's, he's kind of like the new Mark Henry. You know, it's like he's been around a while. He's big guy. He, he's actually really talented. I mean, I've got a tape from him... Uh, back in the day where he does a moonsault off the top rope in Japan. It's like, this guy's talented, but he's put on quite a bit of weight last couple of years, so uh, his mobility is limited. You know, I'm, you know, The Miz is, uh, you know, you can't have, you know, all main carters. You know, he's, he's a good mid-carter, uh, kind of plays the cocky bad guy well, but I just don't think enough people care about him to... Uh, invest in his character um but you have to have him you know you know he's good for like filling in for hulk hogan on uh you know tough enough but uh you know and, and how the wwe fires hulk hogan for being racist you know that that's probably the most racist company on earth i would think saying the n-word uh, would get you a, a promotion there but uh that's another uh podcast you know hulkamania I guess Hulk Hogan can now spell that with three Ks. But, uh, you know, Ryback, uh, you know, defeats Big Show in The Miz. I, I don't know where he goes from here. Uh, you know, and the, you know, hopefully to, uh, you know, maybe him and Rusev, uh, you know, if Rusev and Ziggler are done. Uh, but, you know, who knows? And uh, then we get to the next match, which was uh, Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose, two-thirds of the Shield. Uh, defeating uh, the Wyatt family. And, uh, you know, good match, uh, good spots. All guys are, uh, you know, very, very talented. Um, you know, some real f good spots. And, uh, you know, both guys, uh, you know, Reigns and Ambrose, uh, they make a good team. And, uh, you know, I, I really feel bad for... Uh, Reigns, you know, they just, they're trying everything to get him over with the fans, and it's just not happening, and of course, on the other uh, side, you know, they've kind of ruined uh, Bray Wyatt's character, you know, you know, they've jobbed him out a few times, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, and that's the problem, when you push these guys like Bray Wyatt and Sheamus, you know, you push them so fast, and then they don't take off right away, and then you start jobbing them, 
you know, it's like, what, what do you do with their characters after that? You know, it's just, they're kind of stuck. And, you know, uh, the next night on Raw, you know, I, I they debuted a, a third Wyatt. Uh, he's this huge guy. I don't know. I think he was an NXT a developmental guy. It, you know, he's basically like a much bigger, more in shape, at least looks-wise, uh, version of Bray Wyatt. Um, you know, the crowd kind of seemed to get on Reigns' side on Monday night when this guy was just manhandling him. Um, but, uh, you know, they gave uh, Reigns and Ambrose the win, you know, and probably in any other, uh, you know, climate, you know, you, you would have Wyatt and Luke Harper uh, win. But I think they're trying anything to get Reigns over. Ambrose is over, you know. he's The fans love him. Um, you know, he's kind of like that underdog, like a much, you know, he's a fan favorite. He's almost, he kind of reminds me of like a much more skilled Sandman. You know, he'll take the hard bumps. You know, he'll do anything. He'll put guys over. But, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of in a pickle with Roman Reigns. You know, he's got the look, clearly. Uh, you know, he's a McMahon guy. But, uh, you know, just for whatever reason, the fans don't like him. And, um, <coughs> excuse me, guys, getting over a little bit of a cold here. Let me take a sip of my energy drink. Um, but, uh, they kind of continued the feud on, uh, Raw the next night, you know, uh, Ambrose and Reigns got manhandled by the new guy in the Wyatt family. Uh, so I'm guessing that's either setting up a shield reunion at some point or uh you know I know there were rumors of uh Sting uh joining forces with Reigns and Ambrose you know to combat the uh, third new member uh but uh with what happened the next night uh you know on Monday night Raw with Sting it seems like he'll be involved with Seth Rollins um so that's something to keep your eye on and then we had uh you know, a really, really good match uh, for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship and WWE United States Championship, um, Seth Rollins and John Cena. And this was one of the matches of the night. But I will be a son of a bitch if the WWE did not screw this one up. Um, I mean, both guys just putting on a clinic and you know I, I'm a huge Seth Rollins fan because he plays that cowardly heel so good you know he's like a the cowardly cocky heel um, and you know Cena gets a lot of shit um, for his you know character and you know I've never really gotten behind him but you know the guy's a company guy man he, he plays the game and he he sells for other people to put them over. Um, I mean, he lost me, you know, eight years ago with the wigger. And notice I said wigger, shtick. It just never, I never got behind it. Um, but, you know, he, he's a good worker, man. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago on Monday Night Raw when Seth Rollins kneed him in the face and his nose fucking exploded. And he still wrestled for another five minutes with... You know, I've seen a lot of hockey fights and MMA fights. We've got some busted noses. 
but I don't think I've ever seen a nose injury like this in my life before. I mean, Cena's nose was literally pointing to the left, and uh, he still completed the match and had, uh, I think he had surgery, and the fact that he's, you know, two weeks later competing at a very high level on a, on a big spot on the card just speaks to John Cena, whether you like him or not, his character, you know, I mean, probably the thing I don't like him the most is he comes to the ring now looking like a NASCAR car, you know, with all the fucking products, you know, the wristbands, the hats, the the bracelets, the chains, the, the T-shirts, and, you know, it's like, how much shitty merchandise can you put on one guy? But, uh, you know, his in-ring ability is uh, second to none. And, uh, you know, Seth Rollins... Uh, you know, he's a great heel, and he's definitely the heel face of the company for sure. And there's a lot of good feuds uh, for him, you know, short-term and long-term. And, uh, you know, we'll get to what happened on Monday Night Raw in a second. But a couple uh, more matches on the card. Uh, you know, of course, the the Divas match, uh, I don't know. Listen, uh, I'm not a huge fan of the, the, the women uh wrestling division I, I mean they're great you know it, it's got nothing to do with their ability but it, it's it's kind of like watching a WNBA game I mean those girls are amazing uh, basketball players but you know they can't dunk and you know it's like watching them do layups just doesn't uh, just doesn't do it for me and it's the same thing in, in uh, female wrestling it's like they're very good and, and some of the moves they do are you know great but i just i don't know it just didn't do it for me i mean good and yet a lot of great you know female wrestlers in this match you know Paige, charlotte and becky you know the bellas and alicia fox and then naomi sasha banks and tamina um i mean a lot of talent but but i just the crowd was kind of dead and like it's crazy to me that this is one of the longer matches on the card. I mean, how do you have Sheamus and Randy Orton give a 12-minute match, but then you have this match almost be 15, 16 minutes? I mean, and pretty high up on the card. You know, it's like, to me, you have that be the first, maybe the second match, you know, get the crowd going, show some TNA, do some high spots, you know set the pace but the, to have this match so high up on the card i just don't agree and you know it's nothing against you know listen i love watching ronda rousey but you know i i just i guess i'm old school and i'd rather see you know women in the wwe be like the hot managers and stuff maybe get in a you know like kind of like what uh, lana and summer ray did uh, earlier in the card you know get involved toward the end i mean if you're gonna have screwy finishes at least have have some hot pussy involved. Um, and then you had one of the uh, best matches on the card next, uh, Kevin Owens and Cesaro. But this was kind of a weird uh, it's kind of a weird match, to be honest with you, because it had no buildup. Um, could have been one of the uh, best matches, uh, you know, I should say could have been an even better match. Um if there was some kind of story or buildup uh, behind it, especially considering the, you know, Owens had a great match in, at the on the NXT card the night before, so uh, you know, 
the fact that he could perform at this high uh, level, you know, less than 24 hours later, I, I think speaks to a lot about Kevin Owens' ability. And, uh, you know, he kind of gets shit on for his appearance. You know, he, he kind of looks like Hugh Morris, uh, you know, but I think he's much more talented and he's, he's much better on the mic. And Cesaro is, you know, Cesaro is one of those guys that, you know, he's got the look, he's a very good worker, but uh, they just quite haven't found that feud for him to get him over completely with the fans. Um, you know, he had a great uh, match at WrestleMania, a tag match, and, uh, you know, now they're giving him a singles push, and, you know, him and Kevin Owens could have a nice series of matches. Uh, you know, I mean, Kevin Owens gets the win here. Um, but, uh, you know, Cesaro looked so good that, uh, you know, he wasn't really hurt too much by the loss. And I could see this uh, building, and it could be, uh, this could be a real good uh, WrestleMania match if they play it right. But, you know, knowing the WWE, they'll probably have, uh, you know, a handicap match with uh, Kevin Owens and Cesaro and fucking Hornswoggle. Um, but, hey, wh what the hell do I know? I'm just a fan who knows nothing. Um, and then you have the final uh, match of the night, which was uh, The Undertaker and uh, Brock Lesnar. And uh, you talk about screwy fucking finishes. You know, first of all, before I get to the, uh, you know, my thoughts on this uh, match, uh, you know, the WWE Network sucks. I would rather pay $20 and get uh, a proper uh, feed. You know, the, I mean, my... Uh, network feed was choppier than uh, Seal and Robert Davi's face combined, um, which really sucked. Um, I had literally three computers going on at the same time trying to get the right feed. My friend Lenny is watching. We we, we basically watched the fucking thing on his uh, cell phone, and uh, you know, I'm getting a lot of fans complaining to me. Well, it's probably your Wi-Fi. Listen, I got Wi-Fi that Bill fucking Gates doesn't have. I got state-of-the-art computers. For those of you who've ever been to my house, my house looks like the Houston Space Center. I got a 75-inch TV, you know, uh, I got a MacBook, I got a PC and an iPad. So uh, my fucking system is clear, you dig? Um, and, you know, I to be honest with you, I, I really, uh, you know, and I've got the network, I pay for it, I could get it for free through various uh, Russian websites and other means, but I don't. Since I am a struggling stand-up comic, I like for these wrestlers to get paid and, and you know, do their thing. And, uh, you know, The Undertaker and Brock Lesnar was really the only match I cared about because I thought Sting might make an appearance. And goddamn, The Undertaker, a lot of respect. He took some major bumps from Brock Lesnar, who's an animal. And I, they have a good chemistry uh, in the ring. Uh, and you wouldn't think they would, you know, because, you know, Lesnar's just this fucking gorilla. You know, Undertaker's definitely a big guy, and, and but, you know, he's he's as long in the tooth as you can get. You know, he's in his mid-50s now battling a guy who's, you know, much younger, stronger, faster, and, uh, you know, the, the ending made no sense, and if you saw it... Uh, you know, Brock Lesnar tapped The Undertaker, but uh, referee Charles Robinson was on the other side. And I'll always remember Charles Robinson and the angle. They had him dressed up as uh, Ric Flair, Little Nature. Um, 
So, you know, the timekeeper, and the first time in WWE history, rings the bell. Match stops. You know, Lesnar and Heyman get in the ring. Charles Robinson is yelling at the timekeeper, what the hell are you doing? I call the match. Undertaker low blows Lesnar and then gets him in like a uh, triangle choke and uh, chokes uh, out Lesnar. And uh, Lesnar, as he was choking out, gives uh, the Undertaker the finger, which is pretty funny. I'll give the, the writers credit for that. That was pretty funny. But it wasn't really believable, you know. And I, yes, I know that the WWE, <coughs> excuse me, is scripted entertainment and it's not real in terms of, you know, uh, it's choreographed sports entertainment. But is it really believable that a man in his mid 50s could choke out a UFC heavyweight champion? <laughs> you know, like, give me a little bit of believability there. Um, and the crazy finish just ruined what was a pretty good match between two big guys. And I hate it when the WWE does this. I mean, you know, if you don't have the screwy match in the Ziggler-Rusev um, uh, match, if you don't have the screwy finish in the Cena-Rollins match, I mean, Jesus Christ, did John Stewart run in? My God. And, you know, the heel turn John Stewart it made no sense. I mean, for four months, he's against Seth Rollins, and without explanation, he uh, is now with Seth Rollins. Uh, just bad. And then this kind of wonky finish on the Undertaker and Brock Lesnar match, it's like, what is this, WCW Thur Thursday Night Thunder? I mean, who's booking this? Vince Russo back in the game? So, you know, that's, you know, it, it was an, a below-average card, which was too bad. Um you know, I give it a, a C plus because there were a lot of good spots in the match. But you know, when when the actor guy from Arrow is is one of the more talked about you know parts of the match, the next day on all the wrestling uh, dirt sheets and internet sites, it's 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 not a good card. Um, and then the next night on Monday Night Raw, of course, we all know why I am excited. Because it marked the return of Mr. Steve Borden, otherwise known as Sting. And now, not the bass player from the police. Actually, Sting the wrestler has copyrighted the name. So, uh, all wrestlers aren't dummies. And Sting is frankly one of the few wrestlers uh, in his 50s alive. So, you got to give him points for that as well. But, uh, you know, at the end of Monday Night Raw, uh, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon were giving Seth Rollins a statue and um, you know they had this big box in the middle of the ring and Seth Rollins is uh, cutting a real good heel speech I really liked it I just like Seth Rollins he's got a great look um, and he's good on the mic I mean he's got it all and, and great wrestling ability I mean he is the star of the company for the next decade but they'll probably bury him too trust me on that um and has they, you know, he's talking about all the great wrestlers who have statues, you know, Andre the Giant, Bruno San Martino, of course, my all-time favorite, the Ultimate Warrior, and the, says, Triple H, I'm ready. And they lift up the 
box, and lo and behold, there's the icon Sting with his makeup half off already, which made no fucking sense. I mean, do they not try and bury Sting at every angle? I mean, here, the guy, I'm assuming, just had the makeup put on, and I don't know who put the fucking makeup on, whether it was Stevie Wonder, Helen Keller, or the drummer from Def Leppard uh, after, uh, you know, an all-night bender on the Booger Sugar. But how the hell do you have a guy who hasn't wrestled, hasn't done anything all night with half the makeup already coming off? A little bit better of a job uh, covering up the bald spots. You know, I'll give them that. But uh, they got to do something about that hair, man. Just either cut it or plugs or, or whatever, man. But it ain't working. You know, maybe he shaves it. You know, maybe they have a hair versus hair match and he loses and he has to shave it. It's, please, get... That middle bald spot, it's like a crop circle. It just, like, it, it stands out. And then you've got the, you know, the little, you know, like, I don't know, raggedy and uh, pigtails almost from the side. It just either shave it, cut it, or get, I don't know, get the Wynn uh, hair system guy in there and have him do some magic. Uh, but please, I mean, my God. Uh, and then, you know, so apparently now it's uh, Sting and Seth Rollins, which I thought should have been the first match uh, of Sting's career anyway. I mean, there's no way Triple H should have been the first match. And, and you know, how they bring Sting in, you know, a second time made no fucking sense. I mean, so now, you know, the first time he gets brought in, you have him be the vigilante. He's against the authority. He's taking on Triple H, Stephanie, Seth Rollins, Kane, that whole crew, and the and the two bodyguard guys. And uh, boy, they got rid of them fast. And might be some allegations coming out about those two. We don't know about. You know, that's always a bad sign. You know that there's a uh, something going down. Uh, you know, when you just see two guys taken off TV automatically. <clears throat> Pat Patterson, wink, wink. Um, but, you know, so Sting jobs to Triple H at WrestleMania. At the end of the match, he shakes hands with Triple H and says, thank you, which made no fucking sense. I mean, the only good thing now is that, you know, Hulk Hogan's not going to do some shitty run-in, you, you know, unless he comes out in a hood. Not a hoodie, but a hood. Um, wink, wink. Uh, brother. Uh, but now how do you bring Sting back and now he's fighting the authority again? I mean, Triple H, you could even tell on Triple H's face. He was confused as, do I act mad? Do I act like I'm helping Sting? Do I act like I'm helping Seth Rollins? It made no sense to have Triple H in the ring because it, it, everyone's going, well, you just beat Sting at WrestleMania. You guys shook hands like your friends. So now what? Um... You know, they kind of hinted at uh, in what I would assume would be an incredibly short Sting uh, title run, which I think would be cool. I mean, you know, you owe him that much. I mean, you fucked up his WrestleMania debut. I mean, they didn't bury him on the mic last night like they did at WrestleMania and JBL. This isn't Starcade, brother. You've never done anything as big as this. Well, like I said before, uh, JBL, the only reason you had a job and a push back in the day was because you gave Vince fucking stock tips. So suck on that one. Um, you, you know, when the highlight of your career is, uh, you know, beating the shit out of the Blue Meanie at the ECW pay-per-view. Yeah, okay, okay. So... You know, I guess we're going to see Sting and Seth Rollins at Night of Champions. You know, because here's the problem with Sting. And this is why having him lose to Triple H made no sense. 
my way, you have Sting. Now, I'm a Sting fan, so yes, I'm a little biased. But you have Sting beat Triple H at last year's WrestleMania, and everyone, all those little kids who don't know who he is and the young adults, you know, there's people in their early 20s who don't know who Sting is. As crazy as that sounds to most of the people listening to this, there are a lot of people who don't know who Sting is in the WWE universe. And, you know, what happened last night should have happened at WrestleMania. I mean, Seth Rollins made Sting look really good. He bumped for him hard. You know, when Sting knocked him out of the ring, he did like a triple backflip. And, and I guarantee you, every person in that arena who did not know who Sting was is now Googling Sting today, maybe buying a DVD or looking up YouTube videos and going, who is that guy? You know, and that would have been tenfold if that would have happened at WrestleMania. But instead, Triple H beat Sting, basically jobbed him out into the, you talk about the screwiest of screw job finishes, having NWO, which was never aligned with Sting one fucking day, the black and white version anyway, save Sting, DX reunion, you got Shawn Michaels fighting Nash outside the ring at WrestleMania when 20 hours earlier, Shawn Michaels inducts him into the fucking Hall of Fame, and you know, once again, it's like, I get it. It's not real. It's scripted. But I still like the storylines to sync up. And like I've said before, you know, every time I watch the movie Predator, I know they're acting. I don't think there's an actual fucking alien who looks like the Williams sisters, you know, in the jungle killing a Sonny Landham, the Indian, or Jesse Ventura, or Bill Duke, and Carl Weathers. By the way, I, I thought it was fucked up that they killed Bill Duke and Carl Weathers in the same scene. Very racist uh, movie. You know a movie's racist when they're like, all right, we got eight cast members, six are white, let's just kill the two black guys in the same shot. Um, but that's another podcast. They always kill the black guys in the horror movies or action movies first. Um, but, you know, sorry, Carl Weathers. By the way, outside chance of getting Carl Weathers on Inappropriate Earl, we'll, we'll, we'll break it down. We'll break down Action Jackson. And uh, Bill Duke was uh, the lieutenant in Action Jackson. So, you know, they're, they're making it right in Hollywood. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't know where they go. I, I mean, I don't see how you put the, the strap on Sting for too long of a time. And all this is building up to an eventual Sting and Undertaker match at WrestleMania 32 in Dallas. I mean, if they do it right, I'm assuming you have, uh, Sting look good. And it's what I've said after WrestleMania, you have to make him look good now. You have to make him beat a Seth Rollins, a Randy Orton, guys that, you know, the younger fans give a shit about. So people will go, wow, this guy has a shot at beating The Undertaker. Um, you, you have to have him look strong. And I think Seth Rollins will make him look strong. I think you could then bring uh, Randy Orton in to do the legend killer gimmick. You know, I've beaten everyone, The Rock, Hogan, Austin, but and then Sting comes down from the rafters or whatever. Uh, you know, I'm sure they're a little nervous about that ever since the Blue Blazer. Uh, and, and Sting could say, you didn't beat me. And they, they have a short program, and then, uh, you know, you could maybe, I mean, I think it'd be nice if Triple H did the job to him, you know, and you build them up to WrestleMania so that match has any sort of relevancy. Um, you know, by the way, earlier uh, in the day at SummerSlam, 
you know, I was, you know, I hadn't watched a WWE pay-per-view in a long time. So I got nostalgia. So right about two hours before I watched SummerSlam, uh, I watched Capital Combat, the uh, 1991 uh, WCW pay-per-view. And God damn, they really, <laughs> you know, if you've got the network, go watch that again. Because you had a young Undertaker beating Johnny Ace. I mean, these are the guys who were getting on the pay-per-view cards back then. You had... The Steiners, when Scott Steiner actually looked somewhat human. And, uh, of course, you had Sting and RoboCop, you know. Just the fact that they had RoboCop, the actual character on a pay-per-view. And they were so fucking stupid. They didn't figure, oh, RoboCop can barely move. I mean, he literally walks, you know, maybe it takes him a minute to walk a couple feet. So Sting's trapped in the cage. You know, the four horsemen have locked him there. And they start, you know, RoboCop comes down from the entrance and it takes them literally probably 30 fucking minutes to get the sting in the cage. So you, some nice improv there by the horsemen and whatnot. Uh, but that's probably one of the good things about the uh, WWE Network is you just get to watch some great old pay-per-view, especially WCW, which, you know, didn't have the, even though they were funded by Ted Turner, they, they didn't really have the budget back then that WWE had. But there's some great, you know, Abdullah the Butcher matches and, uh, you know, just they probably put out a better product. And, you know, they, to see a young uh, Undertaker, who back then was known as Mean Mark Calloway, um, fighting Johnny Ace and uh, some really good matches back then. Uh, so watch Capital Combat. You can probably get it on YouTube if you don't want to pay the nine ninety nine, But, uh you know, so that's my thoughts on Sting and uh, SummerSlam. I know it was kind of a rambling podcast, but you know, had to get it out sooner than later just because of timing. About two days from now, no one will give a shit about SummerSlam. But uh, you know, hopefully the WWE uh, doesn't drop the ball with Sting like they did the first time. They uh, get his makeup applied correctly. I mean, there's no excuse to have his makeup fucking butchered like that. You know, when he hadn't done anything that night, you know, it's, I mean, it's like Vince always screws over these WCW guys because I guarantee you right now, if that was uh, Finn Balor in that box, they would have had his makeup applied perfectly. So I don't know what Sting, uh, I don't know who his manager or agent is, but, uh, you know, that guy does not negotiate well. And uh, real briefly, I uh, just wanted to touch on this uh, real fast. Um, last Monday, a week ago, we had the uh, memorial for uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper at the Comedy Store to a sold-out main room, and uh, it was awesome. I was uh, lucky enough to host it, and uh, Steve Simone, uh, who's a very, very funny L.A. comic, uh, he put it together and uh, made it all happen, and about 10 people spoke. And everyone had great Roddy stories, of course. Uh, some of the people who spoke, uh, Keith David from They Live, uh, told a very funny story about the fight scene in They Live. Uh, Chavo Guerrero uh, uh, was awesome, and he told a really funny story about Roddy and his family in a bike race up a hill in Mexico. And, uh, you know, I guess that was probably my favorite moment of the night when uh, Chavo Guerrero told the, the story. And uh, he started not necessarily crying, but welling up and his voice was cracking. And it was just a, a surreal moment when you see like a big, huge, tough guy like Chavo Guerrero uh, cry. And it's like, that's what Roddy meant to a lot of people. And uh, 
you know, Diamond Dallas Page told a great story about Roddy and WCW, and uh, he welled up too. And uh, you know, Roddy's best friend spoke as well. And uh, Judo Jean LaBelle was there. He he tells he tells some funny Roddy stories. And uh, you know, Roddy's family was there, his wife and, and daughters and son. And uh, it was an awesome night. And uh, it was really neat to see some of the people in the crowd there. You know, Boss Rutten was there. Uh, UFC heavyweight champ. Uh, ex-heavyweight champ Josh Barnett was there. And, uh, you know, to see these very, very tough guys welling up uh, was was a surreal moment because you just, you know, that's how much Roddy meant to everybody. And, uh, you know, it was an honor to get to do Roddy's podcast with him. And, um, you know, I know he was looking down at all of us crying, going, I get the last laugh. And his daughter gave a great uh, closing uh, speech with his whole family up there. So uh, uh, I don't know if there'll uh, ever be footage released from this because I think the family taped it just for themselves and the grandkids. But uh, it, w- it was an awesome moment at the comedy store. And uh, we sent Roddy out in style. So, uh, Roddy, we all miss you and love you. And uh, I know you were getting a big laugh when Sting came out of the box last night looking down at me in my underwear, almost crying. I was so happy they brought him back. So I love you, Roddy, and uh, thank you guys for listening, and uh, I hope you enjoy this podcast. Uh, Chavo Guerrero actually coming on Inappropriate Earl tomorrow night, so I can't wait to do that. Uh, Mondo Guerrero was uh, at the Piper uh, Memorial as well, so that that was pretty neat because I remember watching him as a kid, and he looks great. So uh, watch out for the Chavo Guerrero episode uh, coming either... uh, late this week or early next week. And uh, as always, thank you very much for the reviews on iTunes and uh, the retweets and favorites on Twitter. If you haven't done so already, I would love it if you reviewed the podcast on iTunes or uh, you know, left a comment on SoundCloud because it, it helps with the numbers. And uh, I hope you guys uh, you know, enjoy the podcast. I enjoy doing them, and I do it for you guys. And... Uh, the more popular we can make it, the better guest I can get for you. So uh, I'll see you guys soon. Inappropriate Earl on iTunes and SoundCloud. We'll be back. <laughs>